Hey everyone, my name is Mark and this is Kat. And we are your hosts for the Mom and Pop podcast. Uh, we're just the mom and pop trying to figure out this thing called parenthood. And yeah, we're here to share stories about what it's like raising a baby, um, you know, what it's like being working parents, and random other things. So yeah, we hope you enjoy and we hope you can join us in this journey together. Yeah, so today I just wanted to start off with talking about the hot topic of the day, which is, you know, COVID-19 and what that has been like for us as parents um, during this weird time. So, you know, to start, Catherine, what has it been like for you as a parent of a seven-month-year-old child working, you know, as a teacher as well? Like, what does a daily, you know, what has a normal day look like for you for these past few weeks? Uh, I would guess that to put it simply, it's been a blur completely. Uh, I took the whole semester off to finish out my maternity leave and part of my parental leave. And then I came back to work in January. Then I worked for about two months and that was just a train wreck in itself, trying to pump, then teach, then lesson plan, then grade, then pump. And it was just this Mm -hmm. repeating cycle. It was horrible. So come around March, uh, I decide, how am I going to survive until spring break? Well, I think I'm going to take every Friday off for the next couple of weeks until spring break hits. So March 13th rolls around. And I'm like, I'm going to have this great, glorious Friday. And then I take that day off. Long story short, superintendent makes an announcement. Schools are closed. So Indefinitely. Indefinitely. Because of COVID-19. Yeah. yeah. So I never really got comfortable with work, being mm-hmm. able to pump and do the mommy stuff. And so to go through eight weeks of that and not really finding a, my, a groove in all of that. I come home and now I have to figure out this work from home thing. On top of that, learning how to teach from home mm-hmm. and effectively yeah. also be a stay at home mom too. Cause we decided together to keep the baby at home and, and not take her to daycare. So it's been, it's been crazy. Yeah. It's been a, a, Huge balancing act for sure. Um, both of us are working and trying to take care of Valerie at home. You know, every day it's it seems kind of repetitive, but there's not a dull moment, right? It's like wake up at I don't know eight a.m. seven thirty, get the baby, feed her, change her diaper, and then okay, we have to make breakfast. We have to also feed Valerie purees because now she's old enough to eat purees. So there's all these like things and then, okay, let's squeeze in like an hour of work if we can. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, now it's time for Valerie to nap. And, you know, our Valerie's a serial cat napper. Right, 30-minute so like, well, naps. Yeah, 30-minute nap. And then we're back at it again. Pick her up, feed her, change her diaper, entertain her, 
and then some, and then we're just trying to squeeze in a little bit of work during that time. So yeah, it's been tough to say the least to try to balance all that. And you know, for me though, I'm like, I'm okay with it because I'm okay with my work suffering a little bit because I realize that you know having this twenty four hour twenty four seven time with you and Valerie has been like. It's been nice too. It's like fun. We get to go out for walks, just put her in the ergo baby, go for a couple laps around the block. Um, and we aren't going to get this time back. You know, it's kind of like we could see it as a glass half full or a glass half empty. You know, next year we might just be back to working full time, sending her to daycare or whatever, whatever it may be. And we will not have this time that we get to spend together. So I definitely appreciate that about this time. Um, but that's not to say it's actually really hard. Like, And I know that I'm pretty sure my manager has noticed a little bit of drop off, but I think he understands. I think everyone understands that we're not in a, we're in a very weird situation with the COVID-19 stuff. There was actually a really interesting quote I saw on the internet. Um, basically, it's like it was saying that, you know, we're not working from home per se, but it's more like we're in a health crisis having to stay at home and then having to try to trying to work under these conditions. So when that, you know, framework or like perspective, it's like, yeah, of course work is going to suffer because we're just going through this. So thankfully I think Amazon has been pretty understanding about all this and I haven't felt like, Oh, Mark, how, how come you haven't finished this yet or whatever. Um, so yeah. That's it's been a it's been a pretty interesting time for sure. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's been like trying to teach, uh, distance teach, and instead of you know having to go into class and doing the normal day to day? That's uh, I feel like there's a whole lot to say about distance learning and mm. teaching that I don't know if two minutes of me briefly explaining yeah, it no, we have all the time could in the world. <laughs> actually paint the whole picture of what it's like, especially uh-huh. with the young baby and me being a first time mom, I just have no idea what I'm doing 24 mm. seven. Uh, so I would say that I'm, I'm trying to do this, it's interesting that I'm trying to do the same thing that I'm that I would do in a classroom, except it's completely written down onto a Google Doc, mm-hmm. and then I have to load it up onto a learning platform that my district has mandated all of us to use. And so, I mean, the really frustrating thing for me right now is that in the classroom, I would use the same platform because I have you know, one-to-one Chromebooks in the classroom with students, but I, I'm able to go face-to-face with students and actually discuss in person how to do things, even technically. So mm-hmm. in the classroom, I would walk around and kind of teach students how to do things and how to get things technically working. But now that I'm at home and I'm away from my students, my students are trying to learn how to do the assignments you know, miles apart. And so every day I'm getting these questions about like, miss, 
the document's not loading up. Mm. It's not working. A lot working. of technical difficulties, A lot of technical. Right? Yeah. So they'll like message me at six in the morning. And I have this class discussion board that's up because I basically made it a point in a rule with my students. If you're going to ask me a question, ask it on this discussion board mm-hmm. so that the whole class can benefit yeah. from reading you know, your questions and my answers. And so the six in the morning messenger types something out and then I have a student responding at seven in the morning saying, hey, isn't six a little early? (laughs) Student goes, no, it's not early. It's perfectly on time. And I'm, and I'm of course up at six in the morning because I'm pumping, but I'm like, wait, really? You're expecting me to, you know, message you back at six in the morning or like sometimes I'll get messages at 10 or 11 PM Mm. and then student doesn't get a response from me and goes, hello, are you there? Hello. And I'm like, look, I have to sleep. Yeah. There's boundaries, right? There's like working hours, right? They yeah. Should, I, I don't expect the students to understand that, but yeah, maybe I, I, would, I would hope they don't expect an answer at like 10 p.m. That that's like unreasonable. Like even I would not answer a message, a work message at 10 p.m. Unless it was like my manager, but yeah, I have an obsession with answering back immediately because mm. I'm all about instant gratification <laughs> and I don't like seeing red messages on my phone or, you know, there's red alerts on your iPhone and mm. it's like, you got two messages waiting for you. And I just hate seeing that. So I have to answer it, mm. even if it's 11 p.m. But I'm also like, yeah, I mean, maybe I should put a boundary down and let students know they shouldn't be messaging me at 11 p.m. or not expecting me to respond back. Yeah. But that is true, though. Me. Like, no one, none of your friends will ever say that you're a bad texture, right? Well, <laughs> probably not. I, I would hope not. There's probably far worse people. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, can you, what do you think that even with this shift of distance learning, is there anything that's come out of it that? you appreciate particularly um, about this new situation and things you're like also looking forward to when it coming back to the normal life or whatever, Uh, maybe just in terms of teaching. I think the one thing that we've together talked about a lot is that, you know, being sheltered in place is this blessing in disguise that it's, time that we're never going to get back right Mm. with spending being able to spend time with your infant child you know and I think that's one of the hardest parts about being a working mom or even just a working parent in general you read all these articles about how it's best to stay at home with the child until they're five years old it's so Mm. great for their mental development and it's all that stuff and so you're always at this crossroads of like, oh, should I stay at home, be with the child and right. and kind of quit work? Um, but, you know, now that we don't really have a choice, we actually yeah. get to raise, you know, the baby while trying to figure out how to work. And I think that's just really valuable time that mm. in any other situation we wouldn't have gotten. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, something we talk about from time to time also is like, if we can, if if we are able to afford it, you know, is it wise for Catherine or myself, but probably Catherine to be a stay at home mom? And, you know, yeah, we talk about it. Um, may happen next year. Maybe not. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. And 
spending more time with them, I don't think anyone will regret. You know, like right. people may sp- regret at the end of their lives that how much time they spent building th- or like working on something or trying to make the most money they could or whatever it may be. But no one regrets that they spent a lot of time with their friends and family. And that's, you know, I value that as much as anyone. And, you know, I'm thankful that we have this time. Um, Yeah. You mentioned something earlier about being a first-time parent, and I wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit. It's really crazy, right, becoming a parent and, like, having to learn so many things, right? Like, one thing that I constantly find myself, like, doing is, like, weighing these little micro decisions every day. Like, oh, Valerie didn't feed that much this time, so does that mean that we should try to feed her again before she naps? Or let's just let her nap and then feed her. What if she doesn't feed enough? Or what if she does feed enough? Or if she feeds too much? You know, like, right. what if she's slept enough or hasn't slept enough? Like, that's a challenge for sure as a parent. You know, obviously there's like different, um, there's a spectrum. There's like parents or helicopter parents like trying to control and micromanage everything. And there's another side where it's like they don't care. Or it's not they don't care, but they're just like so free. And I'm sure we're probably somewhere in the middle leaning towards the micromanaging side, maybe. I'm not sure. I would have to compare against some of our peers. But yeah, as a first-time parent, you know, you really have no idea what to expect in terms of raising another human being, right? Like you might you might feel like, oh, some of these decisions will have these big impacts for the rest of her life. But I mean, realistically, probably not. Like if she fed a little too much and threw up because we were... To, we gave her too much food one day. Like, I don't think that'll have a huge impact going forward. But yeah, as a first-time parent, can you like, what do you, how do you like, kind of cope with all the micro decisions, or how do you kind of, what do you, what's your approach? To kind of piggyback on what you were just mentioning right now about micromanaging, for me. I hate being micromanaged and I hate micromanaging mm-hmm. things, but mm-hmm. there's this thing inside of me that, you know, every day when she's whining and the, there's a part of me that's like, oh, don't, don't respond to the whining or it's going to continue into this evil cyclical pattern of, you know, her whining and then me attending to that. Uh, there's this part of me that's like, well, she's my only child. Mm. Why, if she's my only child and I have the ability to meet her needs in a way that is realistic and I should do it, mm-hmm. or in my head I'm like, I should do it because she's my only child, what's what's the use in depriving her of any kind of attention I'm, I'm able to afford her? Right. Like you don't have to sacrifice to do that yet. Yeah. Maybe later if we have another multiple child, children, you have to like weigh like right. how much attention you might devote to one child. So yeah, so I can't help to think like, am I doing a disservice to her by kind of trying to train her into some kind of discipline mm. when I'm like, you're my only child. I mean, I have to. I have to give you everything that I can possibly give, right? Because for me, that's that's parenting. Mm. Why wouldn't I? Why would I deny you of the things that are 
actually available to you just、mm. to teach you a lesson in growing up, right? Like, right. she's just a seven month old and she's crying. What am I going to do? Just let her leave, like, just leave her there because I, I think I'm, I'm going to teach her a bad lesson. And, like, no, she's just a baby.、Yeah. She doesn't know any better. So, it's true. That's why I feel like, you know, micromanagement as a first time parent, it's kind of like this. Yeah, maybe it's good that we have to micromanage because maybe, you know, later on it'll become a muscle memory if or when we have more children. But、mm. like、yeah. all these little decisions we make now will, be, will just come automatically, you know, later on. Yeah. And everyone says, like, your first kid, you're like strict or, you know, do more, do more, like tracking everything. We have this. Baby tracker app that we've been actually keeping up with. I'm kind of proud of it because the data is kind of cool to see. Although I haven't checked、mm-hmm. the charts in a while. But anyway, we were like, this might sound like it's a lot, but in the beginning, it's really helpful. Like tracking, oh, she peed, she pooed, she fed this much, she slept this much. And that just gives us an idea of like what to expect later. Oh, she slept at three, woke up. One hour later, so now we can expect her to fall asleep between, I don't know, six and seven. That's two hours later. That's her, her wake window, whatever, right?、Um, and I'm sure, like, with the second kid, we're not going to track these things like, as closely as we have with Valerie,、um, just to, you know, because there's no time. You know, that's one thing that I realized having a child. And for all the prospective parents out there, I would definitely just. Realize, and I know that you probably realize this because we've heard it all the time. It's like, oh my gosh, you're having a baby. Your life is going to change so much. It's like, yeah, we know. We have no idea what that looks like, but thank you. And I'm just echoing that, obvious, and,、uh, obviously, but your free time as a parent is just going to disappear. So just be ready for that. You want to go to the gym? Probably not going to get to go. Maybe one tenth as often as you'd like. I don't know, maybe more. Maybe you guys, or as a family, you'll decide and be able to, you know, make those, you know, those sacrifices to take care of the baby by yourself and you have that time. But just the first couple months, just don't expect any free time most of the time. Like, it's just a constant battle of,、uh, yeah, taking care of the baby, which was pretty, pretty funny, pretty exciting. I can't help to chuckle right now because we've only been parents for seven months.、Yeah. And I just know that there are parents of like five and ten children who are like, haha, you lost time with just one child. Wait、right. until you have ten. I know. Right? So, ten children? There are no people like that. Yeah. But trust Maybe me. Maybe like three. Parents of two or three are probably、yeah. list- if they were to listen to us, If、they'd probably be like, probably like these scrubs. These fools. <laughs> they're, they're saying they don't have time. Okay, try two or three children. So, yeah. Yeah, we don't know everything. Yeah, just a, putting it out there. You don't know everything. A disclaimer obviously, like, we're not experts in anything. We're just here to share from time to time what, what has worked for us, what hasn't worked for us.、Um, and yeah.、Um, yeah, so. We wanted to do something each episode just to kind of go back to our roots and share something that our parents used to do that we either we want to continue to do with our kids or not continue to want to do. So, 
don't we didn't come up with the name for this segment yet, but basically it's just our parents used to do this and I don't want to do that with our kids because mm-hmm. that was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I can start. Uh, growing up, uh, once in a while, like my parents, our parents would take us to McDonald's after dinner and it would be like so much fun because my brother and I, my parents, we would just go to the na- neighborhood McDonald's order large fries or like the bucket of fries when they used to have it and a few ice cream cones and we just snack and it was so much fun you know just snacking on that vanilla ice cream soft syrup um just snacking on the fresh freshly made mcdonald's fries back in the day and you know growing up my mom would cook dinner like 95 percent of the time and that was like the expectation that I, i don't know as a first generation Korean parents or whatever. But yeah, so we didn't go out to eat that often, at least our family. So getting to go to McDonald's was a treat. And yeah, I really treasured that. And that would be something that I do, would want to continue to do with our kids. Like go out for ice cream once in a while or McDonald's and just snack on some French fries and just, you know, let loose for a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a memory I cherish and want to maybe continue uh, tend to do that. <laughs> How about you? Uh, so Mark wanted me to share like a funny story about my mom. Her name is Young Chang, very famous, infamous Young woman cheesy. for all of her uh, antics and whatnot. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't really think of something super funny off the top of my brain. So I, I just want to share maybe a fond memory that I have. And um, I don't know if any of you remember, but way back when. Uh, Korean seaweed, roasted seaweed, did mm. not used to come in these pre, you know, packaged, pre-salted, roasted. Yeah, Costco wasn't selling it. Plastic, like Trader Joe's. right? Yeah. Like they come in like these plastic little casings with like the mo- demoisturizing packets. Well, back in the day, it wasn't like that. So I just remember a long time ago, my mom would buy like seaweed, just like for what it is, and then. Uh, she'd bring it home and we'd spend about like an hour or two and we would, you know, together at the dinner table, just paint oil on these seaweeds, mm. like sheets of seaweed. And then we would salt it together and then she would take all that seaweed, bring it to our oven and um, roast it right on top of the oven. And we, and, and that's so fun. That's such a fond memory for me because mm. you don't do that anymore because you can get the seaweed in these prepackaged things. But yeah. I mean, if if somehow I could bring that tradition back into the family, I think that would be really nice to share with, you yeah. know, children. Especially because like in Korea, all these, well, in Asia, like everything's become so automatic and easy. And even like there's stuff about um, hepan, yeah. instant rice. Instant like, rice. What the heck? <laughs> 20 years ago, we didn't have instant rice. So um, hopefully we can connect Valerie to her roots. Mm. And Valerie's our, our baby, by, by the way. But mm-hmm. yeah, and, and kind of show her how, how they used to roast seaweed yeah. in the old days in Korea. Yeah, there's definitely, I hope that she'll enjoy Korean food as much as we did growing up. Hope that she'll eat kimchi. I'll be really sad if she doesn't like kimchi. Um, but yeah, that is something that I definitely look forward to, like sharing good food with her and our kids and just sharing that culture as well. 
Cool. Um, so yeah, that will wrap up our first episode ever. Thank you for making it this far. Um, yeah, we're planning to release a couple more, um, maybe bi-weekly, we'll see. And yeah, thank you. Please subscribe to Mom Pop Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And yeah, you'll be seeing the episodes come out on like Spotify and iTunes. So thanks so much. Bye. Bye.